Welcome to the Seated Above podcast, where you will be empowered to live an ascended life in Christ mystically, financially, physiologically, and governmentally. Here's your host, Brian Orme. All that can be known is contained in the mind of Christ. Every subject matter, every mystery, every complexity, every simplicity. This mind has been shared with us. We can entrain with the mind of Christ to be unified with the way God thinks. In this podcast, we're going to explore the neurology of Christ, the power of it, the impact of it, and the beauty of living out, being entrained with the mind of Christ. Everybody, welcome to the Seated Above podcast. Thanks so much for listening, tuning in. Always appreciate it if you can share it with your friends, your family, your neighbors. Rate it, review it if you haven't already. Thanks so much for that. We're going to be jumping in to the neurology of Christ. Something I've said for years, if you've been following me at all, you've probably heard me say this before, but our theology shapes our neurology, which impacts and really governs our physiology and then that impacts the cosmology. And so that's quite a mouthful, right? And so your theology, how you see God, I'm simplifying theology to the reality of just how we see God. I know it's more than that, but our framework, our paradigm of God. So for example, if we have a perspective of God that he is just on the edge of being ticked off, like he just... He, he, he loves us, but he's just on the edge. And the only reason he can tolerate us is because Jesus is standing in between us and the Father because of his rose-tinted glasses, right? You know, that doesn't sound like the most amazing Father. And so if that's our perspective of him, then, well, that's going to impact everything we're thinking about, not just about God or spiritual things, our theology shapes everything we are thinking about. And so neurology is a big deal because it's governing our house of genetics. It is governing our physiology, this temple of the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 65, 11, it says, You have crowned the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with fatness. Mmm, fatness. So crown is the word for surround. God surrounds each year with goodness. You've crowned the year with goodness. We are surrounded by the goodness of God in every season, in every timeline. We are also surrounded by the cloud of witnesses, which represent thousands of years of his goodness, crowning each and every year with his goodness. The abundance of his goodness is year to year, decade to decade, generation to generation, millennia to millennia, and on and on to the fullness of eternity. We are protected by the goodness of God. You know, some of the body of Christ channels more energy into the fear of being deceived rather than the faith to be protected. Something's lurking around every corner and if, if I go behind that door, the enemy's going to deceive me. If I read that book, I'm somehow going to be deceived. And we put so much faith in darkness to deceive us and not God to protect us. Now, paths here, 
The word is the word used for entrenchment. One of the meanings of entrenchment is the process or fact of an attitude, habit, or belief becoming so firmly established that change is very difficult or unlikely. That's a powerful meaning. The process or fact of an attitude, habit, or belief becoming so firmly established that change is very difficult or unlikely. It's also a trench that provides a place of shelter from enemy fire. You know, the process of an attitude really is the attitude or our attitude is the library of our past, the speaker of our present, and the prophet of our future. Attitude is a big deal. Attitude is a cycle of short-term thoughts and feelings experienced over and over. Think of an attitude as a shortened state of being. So lingering in negative or positive attitudes will begin to form beliefs, which are elongated states of being. So attitude becomes a really powerful dynamic in what we believe. Our attitude, how we respond to life, how we respond to circumstances and situations and twists and turns and conversations, all the stuff that encompasses this life that we are in. And so this is about having a prosperous soul, an abundant soul, which is connected to our shortened state of being, which connects us to elongated states of being. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So it's connecting good health to the prosperity of our soul. Be in good health just as your soul prospers. To have a prosperous soul is to have within oneself the faith, truth, harmonious thinking, and attitudes that produce success in life and abundance towards creation. To have a prosperous soul is to take care of our soul. Many have fractured souls. Jesus said he was anointed to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. There's this brokenness that we could say it this way, he came to heal the fractured souls. You know, a broken heart is really a fractured soul. This is where people get trapped literally in time. Their frame of reference becomes the past. They can't be fully present and live in the present because they continue to be tethered to a past that is unhealed and unresolved. And so then they have emotional charge in their body and they're trapped. This is why you sometimes you see adults who have temper tantrums and they, they're acting like they're four years old. They haven't moved on. And so their response to life comes from this place of a fractured soul. And so taking care of our soul is extremely important. And quite honestly, I would say probably a lot of people I mean, I don't know if I would say most, but maybe we could say most, don't know how to take care of their soul. We understand how to take care of our bodies, whether we're doing that or not. You know, we should be eating, you know, the right things and exercising and minimizing stress and, and on and on. And then at a spirit level, you know, we understand the power of worship and prayer, intimacy with God, 
all these things that feed that place help us to be more aware of that space. But when it comes to the soul, a lot of people don't really know what to do, how to take care of that place. And this is important for us when we're talking about the neurology of Christ, the way God thinks. Because we've been made one with Christ in our spirit. We're one with Jesus in our spirit. And everything is to flow through the heart, the core of who we are, our belief system, into the soul that we begin to think like him. And so if there's fractured realities in our soul, it's going to be very difficult to grab a hold of the thoughts of God. Romans 15.5 says, Now may the God of endurance and encouragement give you to be of the same mind with one another, according to Jesus Christ. To be of mind here means regulate from within as inner perspective shows itself in corresponding outward behavior. As we respond to a situation in our external world that produces an emotion, that's energy in motion, the resulting internal chemistry can signal genes to either turn on, upregulate, or turn off, downregulate. We need to see our mindsets become body sets. This is where the truth begins to go cellular. The truth of God is going into the systems of our body, into every cell, grounding out into the DNA, and literally changing us. This is transfiguration, the shifting of our nervous system. Sympathetic nervous system is responsible for fight or flight. Parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for rest and digest response. We want to be in a regulated nervous system state. A dysregulated state is where it becomes harder to control emotions, attitudes, and actions as we function from negative stress. Shifting the system, upregulation, is about more energy and focus. You know, exercise and activities that stimulate can do this, getting sunlight, taking a walk. Shifting the system, downregulation, for relaxing and calming down. Deep breathing and meditation, setting our intention upon things with our imagination, getting in nature. There's just a few things that can shift our nervous system in downregulation so we begin to relax and calm down. This is important for us to understand that as we want to think like Christ, it's going to affect us at a nervous system level. It's going to affect us at a body level. Why? Because neurology governs physiology. So it's important that we begin to think like God and the truth that we're receiving in our mind, our mind being renewed, is changing our body as mindsets become body sets. Now the process of a belief, again, a belief is an elongated state of being. When beliefs are clustered together, it creates a perception. A perception has everything to do with the choices we make, the behaviors we exhibit, the relationships we choose, and the realities we create. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. The place of belief. You know, sometimes we can be declaring something, and that declaration is a truth, but our belief system does not agree. 
And so there's no outcome to the declaration because it's at odds with our belief system. So instead of just standing aggressively on a truth, reframe that declaration from a place of honesty. Reframe it like, I'm coming to understand this is the truth. Like, honesty and transparency are the hinges and the door of your breakthrough. It's how we walk in a greater measure of breakthrough, this this level of humility of saying, you know what, I'm not 100% there in this belief, but I'm on my way. So let me frame this declaration differently and then begin to see the impact of that outcome because of honesty. And so we want to think like Christ because we've been given the mind of Christ. He has shared this mind with us. We want to begin to entrain that our thoughts become parallel and then there's intersections where we begin to entrain with the mind of Christ, establishing strongholds of thinking. The neurology of Christ becoming our neurology. The abundance of his thoughts intersecting with ours. This is about the pathways of God becoming our neuronal pathways, preparing the way for the Lord in our mindsets. Remember that verse in the beginning, that psalm, his paths drip with fatness. Again, these are entrenchments that are becoming so firmly established, it's difficult to change. Fatness here means fatness, ashes of fat, luxuriance, abundance. This is talking of the abundance found in the fatty ashes of sacrifice. Romans 12.1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Shifting our nervous system becomes a holy act, a holy activity within a holy temple. Any teaching that devalues the human body is antichrist. God came in a physical body. He could have come in any form, but he came in a body. Could have been a unicorn, but he came in a physical body. The temple, this temple of the Holy Spirit has been given an eternal supply the life of God, the fullness of God, and the mind of God. This body, this technology that has been provided shows us the crowning creative genius of God. He is the source and supply of all things. As we burn brightly for him, the ashes of fatness are released. Our breakthrough becomes his testimony, which becomes incense rising up. We have the mind of Christ. We have been sheltered in place, surrounded by the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Every pathway dripping with abundance. Every year crowned, surrounded with the goodness of God. Psalm 36, 8, they feast on the abundance of your house and you give them drink from the river of your delights. As we eat and drink of his delight, think of eating and drinking of every thought that is on his mind. You know, it's not the right question to ask, what would Jesus do? The proper question is, what would Jesus think? Sometimes we're thinking about something over and over. A good question to ask God is, are you thinking about this? Or what are you thinking about this? Sometimes when I've done this, God says, I'm not thinking about it. (laughs) I say, oh, okay, well, I guess I will not think about this either. Some things that we're thinking about are not on his mind. Uh, 
So to begin to entrain with the mind of Christ, be like a child and ask those questions. What's on your mind? Are you thinking about this? Or what exactly are you thinking about this? The more we begin to think like Christ, the more we begin to have solutions and blueprints and strategies and insights. We function in hindsight and insight and oversight and foresight. All of these various versions of sight, we begin to have a proper paradigm, a proper frame of reference through which we can think and manifest the mind of God into creation in the form, again, of solutions and strategies and business plans and small group plans, whatever the context, whether it's in the micro or the macro, we have the mind of Christ. So I bless you to increase in your capacity to function in this incredible mind. In Jesus' name, bless you guys. You've been listening to the Seated Above podcast with Brian Orm. If you've enjoyed the episode today, please share it with someone who appreciates living an ascended life. Want to go deeper into this type of content? Head over to iBorm.com to access Brian's courses, workshops, coaching, and more. 